Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a very bonus special episode where I interview a couple wonderful people. And today, the wonderful people I have is Amanda Hunt, who is an actor, comedian, writer, and currently she is having a presentation of her new cabaret musical, so to say. Is that the best way to describe it? I think that's right. <laughs> um, it is called Monica Lewinsky Sings Her Heart Out, or Sings Your Heart Out. Forgive me. Let me just start that read again. Um, <laughs> it is called Monica Lewinsky Sings Your Heart Out, and it will be playing August 15th at, oh, what is it? I'm looking for the location. The it's Crane Theater. Um, it'll be playing at the Crane Theater um, August 15th and August 22nd, both of those at 7.30 p.m. So welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you so much for giving me your time and coming on uh, Coming on to my little show here. (laughs) (laughs) So just the first question out of the gate. How would you describe yourself, your art, your artistic goals for those who may not have heard of you before? So just a casual question. uh, (laughs) I would describe myself. I'm 5'8", single. Uh, (laughs) I am. uh, I'm. So I guess I would describe myself as a comedian first with um, I have a musical theater background. I went to school for musical theater at the University of Arizona um, and came to the city to do that. That didn't really pan out. And we can kind of get into that later, I guess. I went to UCB on a whim just to like get on stage and do something fun. And I never really left uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade. So I performed there every other week. And then I do some sketch there as well. And I started working on cabarets and writing sketch and writing other other things. So I guess like that, all of it comes from loving to be on stage and then being like, oh, I should write stuff for myself. Oh, I guess I can write stuff for other people, too, which is really fun and exciting. So I'm I'm an actor, writer, singer, administrative assistant, uh, (laughs) the whole (laughs) the whole nine. Uh, that's fantastic. So you've always had musical theater in your bones, so to say. Yes. Yes. Growing up, my family would always watch The Sound of Music, Fiddler on the Roof, um, Wizard of Oz and Mary Poppins were like the oh, and Oliver. Those were the ones that were in like very heavy rotation, which like it's 
wild that Oliver is a children's musical because it is a very dark musical. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is grim. Mm-hmm. Just and just that, you know, a casual domestic violence, murder, suicide just thrown right in at the end. <laughs> uh, and that's a bummer. But, you know, Oliver finds love. Spoilers for Oliver. Um, but he does find a family. And so I guess it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way when I watch The Sound of Music and right as soon as, like, you see them get married and you think the movie's over, you get a swastika in the middle of the screen. <laughs> You're like, oh, the Nazis. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. That, that's still here. I did think this was just about a family of things, but I guess that's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> um, so those were deep impacts on you. Um, are there any more modern musicals that you feel have had an impact on both your current work and your, like, your comedy and all that? Oh, yes. Um, I I'm a huge Tom Kitt fan. Uh, so I love Bring It On. I love High Fidelity. It's like there are songs that I love and there are songs that like I wouldn't personally want somebody to find on shuffle on my phone. Uh, and then Debbie Does Dallas is so fun. Um, gosh, I obviously Hamilton, but like Hamilton is something that I enjoy, but don't really like feel too much proprietary ownership over you know where there are things where you're just like oh i just like that um let's see what else do i more modern i mean i guess steven schwartz in high in like the summer between freshman year and sophomore year my community theater did godspell and i feel like that was a really formative experience for me as a performer and as somebody who learned like in how in learning how to collaborate with other performers um so that's that's like that's a big one then i guess wicked right now the things i'm really into um kerrigan and loudermilk i'm like you know when you just go through a period of your life and you're like all i want to hear is these beautiful ballads like i don't want to <laughs> i just want to hear their gorgeous love songs about like wistful 20s love um I'm really into both the Broadway and West End versions of Heather's <laughs> right now. Um, love Heather's the movie. Love the musical. Uh, would have, or I guess it's off Broadway. I would have loved to see that come to Broadway. Um, maybe, hopefully, With it some will. of the things that came to Broadway. It makes me sad that Heather's never saw a Broadway stage. Right out of everything. I mean, I guess. If it's Not around the same time, shit on girls, anyone else's shows. I, I you know what? Everything on Broadway is wonderful, and God, wouldn't yes. I love to get there? But like, it, I, like um, I loved, I loved Mean Girls, which is how I found Heather's, um, mm -hmm. because of Barrett, uh, Weed. Wilbert I think Weed? yes, Barrett Wilbert Weed. I thought she was so good, and then it was like, oh, she was in Heather's. Oh, Heather's is so good. Um, so that's always it's always exciting to like find stuff from artists that you like. I agree completely. Now, here's just a fanboy question. Do you have a preference between the original and the West End version of Heathers? That is OK. So, yes, but it's complicated. Um, <laughs> I prefer I would say I prefer the U.S. version in terms of like the I, I think it's a little bit more fun, but I love that song. I say no. That's mm -hmm. on the U.K. Uh, soundtrack. So like. I go back and forth. I think they're both really good, but they are very different to me. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference between your welcome and blue? I what? How does blue go? 
Uh, oh, you make my balls so blue. Oh, you hurt them badly. <laughs> yeah, that's a better song. I think that's a better song for me personally. Like, it's funny and it's like really upsetting. Like, I think yes. it does like the highest goal of comedy where you're like oh now i'm thinking about this thing and i am laughing but this is terrible <laughs> and it has that right it rode the line same line that the heathers movie rode that kind mm-hmm. of makes you feel upset about what you're laughing at but also you can't stop laughing at it yes i do i really do wonder if heathers because of how much violence there is in schools because of the school shootings if that's why we'll never see it on broadway Probably. Which, that's fair. You know, like, mm-hmm. of, of all the things that I've been sad about, that feels very fair. Uh, yep, and I completely agree with that. But back on to you. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about um, what made you choose the Monica Lewinsky scandal to frame this cabaret musical around? So, I have been doing characters since, like, 2015. Um characters such as scary dance teacher and um child who's leading a braveheart rebellion you know beloved characters that we're all familiar with and i started trying to do impressions and i'm like okay at them some of them i'm good at but most of them like i'm okay um i do like a fun nancy grace and a fun sarah huckabee sanders and i started trying to build a political character set with like mitch mcconnell and uh gosh i can't even remember who else was in it whoever was like very hot like two and a half years ago i I tried to like put this set together and i thought monica would be interesting but monica is not so much of a like one note caricature she's she's so interesting and her story is so complicated and i've been doing cabarets separate from my comedy in the city since 2010 and i thought like Oh, maybe like maybe that could be something interesting. I was in a class at UCB on how to build your own show in November of 2017. And I was like, I think I want to build something around Monica Lewinsky, but I don't I don't know the direction. So I brought in like a bunch of different drafts of things. And then I brought in this song, a parody song of Crime of the Century from Ragtime changed to be the lyrics of um the clinton impeachment scandal and that was like oh this is the show like i don't know what else this is going to be but this feels like something that's real and compelling and so um you know it was inspired a little bit by evelyn nesbitt and like the girl on the swing and so like all of the songs in the show are parody songs either from pop culture or from musical theater and they're all chosen pretty carefully to f- to like evoke in your mind a moment from that musical, but like mapped on to, to the Monica Lewinsky story. So, you know, like the first song is science fiction and we go back to the 90s in that song. So it's like a time warp kind of feeling. But like if you don't know Rocky Horror, you don't know that song. It's not like oh, this is like it doesn't it doesn't take away to not know it. But if you are a musical Mm -hmm. theater fan, it gives you a lot more depth and understanding of the show, I think. And that's what parodies should do. They should get they shouldn't have to rely on you seeing the source material. But if you have seen the source material, it helps. Mm hmm. Yes. Mm hmm. So what screamed out to you like this is perfect material to use? Like what screamed out to you? This needs to sing. 
Well, I always want to sing all the time. So, <laughs> um, but I, it felt, I don't remember who said this, probably someone famous, definitely not me originally, but you know, in musicals, people sing when their emotions are too big to speak anymore. And I feel like we're there with her and there with like believing women and listening to women's stories. It's like, we've heard the podcasts. We've certainly heard a million awful late night jokes and a million bad takes, but it's like what, what she must've gone through and the way she writes about it in Vanity Fair and talks about it in her Ted talk and uh, on last week tonight and other places, the emotions are so big. It feels like, music is the right place to capture them mm -hmm. and i i think you did that brilliantly i was looking at some clips today and i was just like oh wow this really sings oh, in a way you. that i didn't expect like sometimes you just hear something like i'm sure a lot of people heard hamilton it's like what <laughs> and like this i was like oh let's take a look and then i was like oh this works especially in the setting that you have it as a cabaret it really works thank you Thank you so much. I feel like cabaret is so fun because it gives you, especially like I like to collaborate with people a lot, but when you're doing a one woman show, you're, you're kind of alone, but cabaret gives you a little bit of like give and take with the audience, which I feel like is so rewarding and so fun. Now you usually do a lot of stand up, and I'm curious as to what is the difference between preparing a stand up set and preparing a comedic cabaret set? Oh boy, uh, hours and hours of work. <laughs> I would say is the difference. It's when you do stand up. It, stand up is so much fun, and it's so nice because it's like, oh, right now I'm wearing jeans and a sweater, and if someone was like, oh hey, can you do some stand up? I'd be like, yeah, give me five minutes to just kind of look over and pick out my jokes, and then I'll go up there and do it. So there, it's it's still a grind where you have to be going to open mics all the time and always writing and always thinking critically about stuff and being like, well, that doesn't work. Let's change that word. But, but cabaret is like, there are just so many more elements, you know, where it's like, well, the jokes have to be funny, of course. But then you also want to be able to like hear the piano player and make sure they have the right information and make sure that like you are really letting yourself be in that moment. I, I do feel like they inform each other really well. Because whenever you're standing on stage, they, like the biggest, hardest thing for me, at least, is to like the thing I've worked on the most, I guess, is to stay present and stay connected to whatever I'm doing in that moment. Um, I think stand up helps you do that the most of any art form, because you really if you go away, you lose the audience. And like if you're doing a musical or a cabaret or anything else and there's a moment where people aren't laughing it's fine. But if you're doing stand-up and all of a sudden the room falls like a rock, it's like, oh, you have lost this energy. You have to figure out how to get it back. So I think that makes me a better actor and a better cabaret performer and better at everything else because it, it gives you such a sense of like how to have that give and take with an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next question is just about you personally as a performer. Um, who are your biggest influences as both a performer, musical theater wise, as well as comedy wise? Oh, gosh, I would say, I mean, obviously, Julie Andrews, 
Um, you know, she's got those kids out and that's, we can never forget that. Um, I would say Linda Etter is a huge, oh God, I love, I love her voice. I, I love the Wildhorn um, <laughs> group of musicals. Um, I love her in them. Uh, more on the comedy side, I would say like I am very different from, but aspire to be like Nicole Byer, um, who I think is probably one of the funniest comedians uh, like uh, alive and working today. Um, John Early is somebody whose character work in his standup, I think is really fun and really like an inspiration to me. Um, in terms of, I was just listening to a podcast um, that had Anthony Tamanick on it. He does, uh, he does a Donald Trump impression and had a Donald Trump show on Comedy Central. And he talks about like, well, I like give them the impression and give them a little bit of what I want and then or what they want. And then I get to say what I want. Like I get to like give my opinions on what's going on and what I think is important for people to be paying attention to. And I thought that was so like that was so interesting. And I, I listened to it the morning. Uh, my show went up last Thursday, August 8th. And I, it was just like, that's. That is what I'm doing. You know, like it's really cool to hear somebody else put what you want out of your work into their words. Obviously, he wasn't talking about me, but it it was very impactful. That's great. Um, I like that you bring up Linda Edder because I think she has a very huge stand on musical theater as is right now, and she doesn't quite get the respect that she deserves. Mm-hmm, I agree. And so that really made my like little um, Jekyll and Hyde fan heart like <laughs> flutter. <laughs> I mean, that musical is so good. I love I love Jekyll and Hyde much more than like, you know, people are ashamed of their love of Jekyll and Hyde and I am not ashamed. I will not hide. <laughs> the thing about Jekyll and Hyde is like some productions are great. Like I've seen just as many terrible productions as I've seen great productions. <laughs> Very fair. It is it's it is a show about like huge emotions and um huge 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 swings. And if you miss, you miss. I I agree with that. <laughs> like just as many brilliant productions there have been bad productions and mm-hmm. it really depends on the cast and what you can do with it. So <laughs> I get why it gets a bad rap, but I don't think it's fully deserved. But either way, <laughs> Um, I've got a question about performing in a cabaret. Um, what do you do to prepare for a cabaret performance? Um, it's like writing a piece of musical theater and then mixing it up with the timing and humor of a stand-up set. Like, how do you go about writing that? Well, so for Monica, that's it's like a different experience because it's a narrative arc. Um, so that was the way I went about writing the Monica show was to like kind of pick the moments that I wanted to talk about, about her, and then also about present day political, uh, our present day political environment, and then kind of go back and like make all of that make sense. With a regular cabaret, uh, I've worked with my partner, Kate Wolf, for years on different cabarets. We've done them together. Um, I think probably, we've probably done six at this point. And basically what we do is we pick songs that we each have been dying to sing and songs that we want to sing together. And then we put them in the order that we think makes the most sense for the show, like makes the show feel like, okay, so we don't have like 
too many slow songs next to each other, too many, like, it's not like, oh, a big pocket of funny and then like a bunch of sad songs for a while. Like we try to make it feel musically even. And then we go through and say like, oh, I want to like tell a story before this song. Like, uh, okay, one of our more recent cabarets, and it's it's been a few years, I think, but I... um. I sing that puddle of mud song. She can I do you swear on this podcast? Yes, yeah, swear as much uh, as you want. You know the song she fucking hates me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that would be fun to sing. I'm gonna sing that and I'll tell a story beforehand of like when I was when I had just moved to the city and was like working in restaurants and somebody was like, I don't know why you're working in restaurants. You could get a sugar daddy. And I was like, I'm insulted. I'm a feminist. I'm going to go drink some margaritas with my friend. And then later that night we were like, let's just go online and see. So then I ended up signed up. uh, Only I, we both were curious, but only I ended up being signed up for sugardaddy.com. Um, and I used my real name and I was like, well, it's a three day trial. So at the end of the three days, I'll just pull myself off and it'll be fine. And at the end of the three days, I couldn't get myself pulled off. Um, and I couldn't access my account because it was like three, the three days were up. So I'm just like on that site forever, uh, <laughs> which is very funny. Like I'll occasionally get a message that I can kind of see in my, like, I'll see a little preview of it in my email. So I talked about like joining sugardaddy.com and like, oh, what would my life be like if I had, if I had like taken a different path and then I sing this puddle of mud song. So that's like an example of like, what's a funny story and like, how does it contrast really well to something that I'm trying to do? Um, But sometimes you'll look at the show and you'll be like, well, we don't really need an intro here. The song is like obviously powerful enough and meaningful enough without words and words might just diminish it. So it's, it's like, figuring out it I guess every show you put on it's like well what's the best flow like what's gonna like feel the most satisfying to us and hopefully to the audience but you know you can only you got to write for what your for your own taste mm-hmm. and speaking of your own taste I was gonna ask you about lyric writing rules because I've had other lyricists describe them to me and I was wondering if you had any rules for yourself in lyric writing like only perfect rhymes or like things like that Oh my gosh, what a disciplined writer I would be if I did have those things. <laughs> um, I mean, my number one rule is like, I don't want to feel embarrassed to say it. Um, like if it feels like cheesy or like it was, it was like, oh, well this rhymed. So it makes the most sense. Like I, I'm okay for things not to rhyme if it's funny or po- like if it, if it stands out in a fun way. Um, but if it's like, oh, I can't find a good rhyme for this, then I'll go back and change the whole lyric. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty casual. I don't need, it doesn't have to be a perfect rhyme. It should be something that's interesting. And my, the original director of the show, Michael Hartney, um, who had to step down to become artistic director at the Upright Citizens Brigade. He, when I was originally writing the lyrics, he was like, um, you are repeating these lyrics. And when you write a comedy song, you shouldn't repeat lyrics. Every, every lyric is a new opportunity for a joke, <laughs> which is so I love smart. That attitude. Right. You know, what a good way of thinking of it. And like, if you're writing a song for a real musical, you would want to have lyrics repeat because um, it's satisfying for the audience and like it makes sense musically to have them build in the show, uh, like, you know, for the cast. 
But when you're writing comedy stuff, it's like everything should be a surprise. Like surprise is the biggest thing that makes people laugh. So that, I guess, is a rule that I have. If it's specifically for comedy, you can't repeat lyrics without it has to be super, super comedically earned. Otherwise, get something new in there. Mm hmm. That's that's great. Now, another question about performing as a cabaret. Um, it's a little bit of a different mood set than, say, like an actual theater performance. So I'm always wondering, do you ever find yourself getting heckled at these cabaret performances? And if so, how do you usually go about handling them? Oh, my gosh. What a good question. Oh, I so I did 15 minutes of this show at like a at a bigger comedy show not too long ago. And there was an audience member who had really been having a party before she got there and continued having a party in the room. And she was heckling all these poor stand-ups to the point where the stand-ups were like, shut up. Like truly just like telling her like, you are, you have to stop. This is horrible. And so then I'm like, oh no, I'm playing a character and I'm playing Monica Lewinsky who I try to be really respectful. Uh, like, I admire Monica Lewinsky. I never want to make her the joke. She can tell the jokes, but she's never the joke. So it's like, I don't want to get up there and have her be heckled by this drunk woman and like make that feel that that just feels because like heckle me all you want. Like I'm a stand up. I'll be I'll I can handle, I mean, please don't heckle me. But like if you do, <laughs> I don't I, I don't want to invite that. But like if you do. It will be fine. But playing Monica is different because Monica would never tell somebody to like shut the fuck up in the way that I would. So it's like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? So this woman, as soon as I get up there and start singing, she stops. She stops heckling. She just quietly, quietly listens. And I was like, yes. Oh, I've nailed it. And then I get to this part of the show where I where I start talking and she yells out. Oh, my gosh. She yells oh out. God. Just shut up and start singing. <laughs> oh, God. And I think I said something like, um, is my mother here? Like, I, you know, like you just try to the audience also hates this heckler, but you right. can't be weak in front of them. So I feel like I feel like the best way to address it is like to make a light joke and then if that doesn't work, if it's a cabaret where I'm just playing myself, I don't mind kind of getting a little bit tougher and being like, okay, so actually you have to book this space. You can't just perform here um, without, without booking in advance. And I actually have the space reserved right now. So be quiet, but playing Monica, I don't want to be like, I just want, I'm so much more careful of, and like try to be sensitive because it's already, it's already a little dicey for me to say like, oh, I'm playing the voice of Monica Lewinsky. Like my show is written very heavily influenced by everything that she's written and her words and the things that she has said about the Clinton impeachment scandal and like what she's been through. But I am always very mindful that like this is someone I respect and this is someone who I ultimately would love to see the show or be part of it in some way. So I don't ever want even for a second to forget like, She's not the joke of this show. She's telling the jokes in this show. And so it's like you have to balance. You have to balance that. So if it's when a tecklers on my own, yeah, you can you can go scratch hecklers. But when it's hecklers with Monica, I try to be a little more sensitive. 
That's such a great answer. I never even thought about the fact that you're not just representing yourself up there anymore. You are representing a character who is a real-life figure. So that is a terrifying line to walk down the more I think about. (laughs) It definitely gives me anxiety. Like, for a little while, I was really hoping she would see this run. And then I got nervous that she would see it, which, like, just because she's been through so much. God God knows, I don't want to see her to see a show of herself that she doesn't like. Um... (laughs) But the like the show is written with such love and respect for her. So hopefully I I think the feedback I've gotten is that that really comes across and I would I would be proud for anyone to see it. That's fantastic. And now I got to jump back into my musical theater hole. Oh, Um, yeah. I'm sure there is 100 percent some obscure references. And I don't want you to ruin like your best jokes here. But I am curious. What do you think are the most obscure references you snuck in musical theater wise? There are two Jekyll and Hyde references. And I told my director, I was like, oh, my God, well, it's that Jekyll and Hyde moment. She was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, OK, so only to me there, Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> uh, those are snuck in. I, gosh, what else? There's so many like little, little, little moments. There's a lot of um, of Chicago snuck in there. There's a lot of... Um, there are a lot of themes. The show, there's only one song in the show from Into the Woods. But I do feel like there is a like a, a little bit of a thematic influence from Into the Woods. Like everyone tells their own story in the show. Like all the characters that I play in the show, the the their goal is to tell their story from their perspective. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they come off well. It just means like they think they're coming off well. Um and I feel like that's very into the woods um, to have these characters who want things and want to tell their stories. And some of them come across really badly. And some of them you're like, oh, that's interesting. I thought she was pure evil, but there is actually something else that, that has happened there that's influenced that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just see if I can guess one of the into the woods or into the woods. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde references. Is it? It has to be the Monica Lewinsky and Hillary Clinton song, right? You would think, you would think, but I mean, I guess, I guess that is, then there are three. Then there are three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just staring at that. I'm like watching you like flip a wig back and forth. And I'm like, that has to be, that has to be it. It's not not influenced by confrontation. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that. But like I, I heard you give some ragtime love in there too, which I feel like doesn't get nearly enough love nowadays. Oh my god, it is one of the best musicals in my opinion. It's it like I listen to it sometimes and then have to stop because it's like oh I'm crying, like I'm crying in public just listening to this beautiful <laughs> music, and it feels very relevant today. I'm really surprised that it hasn't been revived. Um, if it does get revived, and your casting mother, please um get at me dream role uh but the i feel like monica story has echoes of evelyn nesbitt you know somebody who like was thrust into the spotlight as a very young woman after engaging with an older much more powerful much more famous man and evelyn nesbitt story at the end of ragtime she doesn't get anything that she wanted i think what's beautiful is monica story ends up differently 
you know, has ended up differently. She's such a powerful and compelling figure. But some of that is like, well, we live in 2019, not 1924 or whatever, where like women had so much less autonomy and so much less say in what happens mm-hmm. to them. That's incredible. And a good way to end this off. So Monica Lewinsky sings your heart out. We'll be playing at the Crane Theater on Thursday, August 15th and Thursday, August 22nd um, at 730 p.m. And the Crane Theater is located on 85 East 4th Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenues in New York, New York. Um, So is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up, Amanda? Oh my gosh, it has been a blast to take a little time, talk a little musical <laughs> yeah. theater. I was I I like I'm always so nervous because I I was so in musical theater and then I really stepped back and now I feel like a fraud, but it's like, no, it's all still inside of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um we I I don't know what it is, but it is very common between musical theater people to feel like I'm not snobby enough to like it. Does that mean I even like it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Like if I like the wrong wild party, which I do, um, I'm so ashamed. Ooh, which wild party do you peers. like? OK, there's the Lippa one. And then there's the who's the other composer? Uh, John Michael John Lachusia. I think yes. I said that right. Yes. Yes. I like the one that Idina Menzel and Tay Diggs fell in love doing. And I think that's that's the one that people are always like, well, that's not the real one. And it's like, but that's the one I love. Um, I actually had Andrew Lippa on the show and I just gushed about how much I loved his <gasps> wild party. So oh. I, I I am with you. I am a Andrew Lippa wild party stan. Um, as much as I appreciate the other one for everything it does and how much I like Mandy Patinkin and Eartha Kitt. Mm-hmm. Come on, Adina Menzel singing <laughs> Life of the Party. Like, <laughs> right. Queenie was a blonde and her age should still. Oh, I'm going to go listen to it right now. Um, fun fact, Make Me Happy is still uh, my alarm every morning. That's beautiful. That's really, does it make you happy when you wake up? No, it's not. It's not a very happy song to wake up to, but it sure does wake me up. I'll tell you that. Any song that ends with a gunshot, you're like, you're up. I feel like I could never get to the end of a song with my alarm. I'm always like snoozing, 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 turning off and running away. Well, well the thing about that song is I'm like, I want to get to the end. So. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'll get up when with the gunshot, like, like you're yeah, running basically. a relay during your day. Because it's a five minute song and you're just like, well, I got five minutes before this ends before. And the gunshot means I can get up. <laughs> oh but amanda anytime you want to come back on the show and talk about a musical there's always a spot open for you if there's any wednesday evenings you will be free in the near future feel free to reach out we'd love to have you on oh thank you so much jesse i absolutely will and all right thank you guys for listening amanda thank you so much for coming on um please go check out monica Lewinsky sings your heart out it looks incredible i really wish i could be there oh, i really do i wish so i wish too. i was in new york that week <laughs> are you where are you located i'm in michigan i'm in the 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 the, the ruins of detroit oh wow i, mean, <laughs> I would have guessed that you because i'm from north carolina and there are a couple mm-hmm. of things you say and i was like i wonder if he's in north carolina but no. Oh, terrible Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's it's so much great the- theater in the Midwest. 
Oh, there is. I I think I heard a statistic saying Detroit was like the second biggest theater city, but I feel like that was made up a little bit. But <laughs> the Detroit the Detroit Visitors Bureau is working very hard, and we love. Them. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we do get like all the national tours, like, and we're like the first stop on every national tour, so we get them when they're like plucky and excited, and not oh. like seven months down the road when they're like a little like oh, we can't sing these songs anymore. <laughs> but no it's been great having you on i can't i i really can't wait to see more of this because it looks incredible and seeing the little clip that was on youtube it just wasn't enough i need more i need this like (laughs) ejected right into my veins it looks incredible so congratulations to you on getting it done i can't wait to see more of your work amanda thank Thank you you so so much much for your time thank you sorry thanks (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the rest of your day thank you you too Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.